hang on tight. Fish Talk Radio is about to take you on a fishing adventure. You're about to go places you have even yet to desire and revisit familiar favorites with live, on-the-water expert insider tips. Now, sit up straight, pay attention, take notes, and join the party for a blue water, white water, and calm water adventure. Check out fish tips and trips online at fishtalkradio.com. And now, the all-natural attitude adjustment. Welcome to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And well, gosh, we're going to have so much fun today. Waiting on the line right now, we have uh, someone that I recently met that I'm fascinated with, uh, Jerry Hamza. And he's got such a long story in and out of the fishing business. But uh, we're going to get into him and let him kind of follow some of the stories about what he's done, what he's doing. And then, of course, he's just come out with, uh, I guess it's your first book, Jerry, is Outdoor Chronicles? Yes, that's, that's, my, that's my debut. Right. Well, from uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. We just talked the other day. and But we're going to get a chance to get into that. And maybe you'll kind of give us an expert excerpt from that. And Jerry has been there, done that. He's, he's traveled all over, fished almost everywhere. And he's... In his book, which I understand is basically a fiction, but it's based on your own experiences, is that fair to say? Um, well, they're 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 actual. The stories are all true. So. Um, hey, wait a minute, uh, Jerry. You're an angler. You're a fisherman, and you're telling me that it's all true. Yeah, right. But anyway, it might be some well, elaboration. Look, the lies are mostly in the sides of the thing. <laughs> okay. But it's not in the event. Okay. All right. And then we're gonna have uh, Nick Clark who is, uh, I think, well, anyway, he's with Eagle Claw. I think he's a national sales manager, international sales manager. It's a tremendous company, one of the most respected, and they are all made in Denver, Colorado. So we're going to get more into that. And there's, we're going to try and keep him on for two segments because just a simple subject of fishing hooks can be extremely complicated with all the different types, varieties, and sizes, and uses. And then we'll see if we can get also in touch with Mark Lassane, editor of Bass Angler Magazine, and see if he can kind of join in with us a little bit. But we're going to have a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Listen to Fish Talk Radio. And we will be back with uh, Jerry in, in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned. And we're going to have some fun. on the magnificent Sea of Cortez. The Grand Heritage Resort and Spa at Marina Costa Baja is the first five-star resort in La Paz, Baja South. Overlooking a 250 slip marina and white sand beaches, enjoy two signature restaurants, a world-class destination for fishing or diving. Enjoy five-star elegance in the charming laid-back city of La Paz. Dock your boat and enjoy the marina village. Visit on the web at costabajaresort.com. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Download the free Reno Viola's Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. 
Local fishing at its finest is aboard the Stardust. Day and half day trips on Stardust Sport Fishing are a family affair. Find out what it's like to view Santa Barbara from the water while you are catching dinner. See whales, dolphins, and Channel Islands up close. Spotless boat and friendly crew are perfect for beginner or expert. Get aboard with Jason Diamond and his crew on Stardust Sport Fishing, operating at a sea landing in the Santa Barbara Harbor. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And uh, contrary to the bumper music, you can catch fish. And we have Jerry Hamza uh, online with us, who I would say, you know, he's been everywhere. Fish there, done that. Let's put it that way. Uh, and why don't you give us a little bit of your history, Jerry? You've just come out with a new book that we're going to talk about called The Outdoor Chronicles. But let's start off talking to you a little bit. Yeah, about some of your background. Oh, by the way, I uh, Googled your name, and uh, you've got some um, impressive history outside of the angling community. But why don't you give us a little bit of an idea about yourself, uh, how you've gotten involved in fishing, where you've done, and how you've had the opportunity to do that. Well, it started off a long time ago. I was born in a log cabin yeah, in come on. New York. Okay, 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 okay. But the truth is, you know, I was on the Lake Plains in, in New York, and, and there's great fishing opportunities here. And my my grandfather was a fisherman and my father, so it's a genetic conspiracy that got me into fishing. Um, but then, uh, you know, I had I have an interesting life. I, I worked in the management of George Carlin for almost three decades. And and that provided me an opportunity to travel the whole country. And I took a fishing pole wherever I went. So I'm, you know, and, and eventually end up connecting the dots if you're around long enough. And then, unfortunately, after George passed away, uh, I, I was looking for a gig, and I ended up getting elected to president of the Cast Answers Association, mm. which was. Uh, Instead of traveling North America, that gig had me traveling 
the whole world. So I was I I was fishing then in every continent except Antarctica, which you know, having that be the last thing out there, I'm <laughs> going to have to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Well, fascinating. Well, when you say George Carlin, it could be a common name, but the one we're talking about is the one, probably one of the funniest men that ever lived and witty. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd love to talk just about him on the show, but we're not going to. We're going to talk about you and, and some of your experiences. But he was quite an amazing person. And when you worked on the team, it, it seems to me that you were actually more than that. I think you were his agent and guide and, and uh, uh, confidant. Yeah, we, we, you know, we spent more time with each other than we did with our families. It was, we, we, we toured hard, and uh, but there are some good things, and they relate to the book. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, George was probably um, there, there was probably nobody better at comedic timing than George. Oh yeah, and so I, and timing is important in anything where you're you're trying to communicate to other people, and and some of that influences in the book. Well, he covered a long career. I think I can remember back in, was it Hippy Dippy Weatherman? And that was back in the, what, the 70s? Yeah, and it was even before that. He was mm-hmm. one of the, he was on uh, uh, some of the early, um, uh, you know, uh, some of the early talk shows. Okay. And, well, and I'm, he, I'm not going to. When gonna, he started, it was a, it was a tie in uh, yeah. suit affair, but that's a long time. Ago. Right. There you go. Well, I'm not going to ask you about, uh, you know, uh, being a roadie and drugs and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, when do you want to go there? So I, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't remember to tell you, but even if we did. <laughs> okay. But let's, let's talk a little bit about, um, Outdoor Chronicles. Now, you've had the opportunity to fish in many different places and different types of situations. Now, is this freshwater and uh, uh, deep water or primarily most of what have you been doing? I, you know, my, my greatest love is fly fishing. And even further down that path is uh, I have this love affair with bamboo. Oh. So it's... Uh, you know, there's a lot of that in here in the book. It's about see. I call I refer to fly fishing in uh, in two eras. I call it the well. There was this beautiful book called The River Runs Through It. Yeah. Well, there's a and, even better movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, right. Yeah. The movie was so good that it got all these yuppies and yeah. people without souls and inspired them that they mm-hmm. might be able to find a soul fly fishing. Right. And then big corporations took advantage of them. We won't mention their names, but, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, guys were showing up better dressed than I was <laughs> on the streams. Yeah. And so I always referred to that um, before uh, the river and after the river. As a matter of fact, I wrote a short story. It's called The River Ruined It. And it's about <laughs> that thing in the in you know, in context to fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so... Well, it, uh, Jerry, go we're going to try and keep you on as long as we can and hopefully throughout the show as much as we can. Okay. But to give people a sense of the Outdoor Chronicles, uh, we mentioned that you know, it's not necessarily, it's probably nonfiction, but there's a lot of truth and it's based on your experiences. Would you mind, is it possible to get just like a couple minutes of you reading a, a, an excerpt from it so people get an idea of the flavor of the book? Yeah, I would love to. Let me, okay. let me start off by saying this book is not a how-to book. It's, right. 
But we've only, we've only got about two or three minutes, so right, right. why don't we well, do that? So this, I'm reading uh, the first part of a story called Touch of Grey. It's about a meeting I had with a, a terminal elderly man in, the, uh, in, in Roscoe, which is uh, famous for being the home of fly fishing, mm-hmm. at least the start of it in North America. So here we go. If you do something long enough and it is worthy, you begin to yearn for the roots. You want to find the foundation. Eventually, it kicks off a journey to search for moral or spiritual significance, a pilgrimage of sorts. Pilgrimages usually mean a journey to a shrine or a place of personal importance. The journey can also be metaphorical. The best are both. If you fly fish, your journey at one point must be to the Catskill Mountain town of Roscoe, New York. Some will argue for the blue ribbon staple streams of the American West. In the end, you have to look toward New York's Beaver Kill, Willamette, and Delaware rivers and its branches. As a young man, I chose to go to college in Oneonta, New York, about 90 minutes from the legendary Junction Pool in Roscoe. I loved to fish. I knew that the Catskills were home to some good water. Foolish stubbornness and youth would force me to say it was almost as good as the water at home near Rochester, New York. I never could have realized when I went there how much it was part of what I loved. The fly fishing culture was all over the place. At first, jaded by Madison Avenue campaigns, I figured this must be a small-town sales pitch. Yet I ended up near there by some metaphysical accident. I fished around Roscoe often in brazen, bold manner of youth. I met and talked to fishing legends. I even had the sense to pester Lee Wolf into signing a book of flies for me. After all this, it took years to trace my steps back, to finally get it all right and in perspective. Looking back now, I was like a kid in Jerusalem playing handball up against the wailing wall. And that's just the, the start of Well, I'll story. tell you what, you're quite a wordsmith, aren't you? Um, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It's, you know, that's the kind of thing it's yeah, better to have no, other people. It, in, in other words, this, this is a book that every angler um, should read. And if you're not an angler, you may not appreciate it. Um, well, I, I think what I'm finding out, and, and when I send you the book, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but... Um, I've been sending the book to anglers, and I've been getting calls from their wives saying, you know, I'm, I'm understanding it. Oh, great. Great, so, great. It crosses some lines there, yeah. so it's kind of cool. And, if, okay, um, we're down to about a minute. This is a tough question, so if you can't give a quick answer, that's okay. You've been everywhere, done everything, fished everywhere. Uh, just without explanation, top three your favorite places to fish. Northwoods in Maine, mm-hmm. uh, Patagonia in South America, oh, yes. yeah, and uh, unnamed pond at a very ritzy golf course. <laughs> okay, <laughs> those are good answers. Okay, okay, yeah. This uh, golf courses always have water traps, and some of them are pretty good if you got to sneak in there at night and don't get oh, caught. Yeah, I've been thrown yeah. out of some of the best countries <laughs> in America. <laughs> okay, well, I think we're going to have to wrap that one up. But real okay. quickly again, it's Jerry Hamza, H A M Z A, author of Outdoor Chronicles, and hopefully you'll stick around, Jerry, and we'll be talking. Can do some more. Okay, I'm here.
first named La Paz in 1566, the fourth largest municipality in Mexico, still has a provincial Mexican atmosphere. On the Sea of Cortez, the most biodiverse body of water in the world, La Paz has year-round world-class fishing. With a rich history of pearls, pirates, and legendary fishing, La Paz in Baja Sur makes for the perfect fishing vacation. Spring in La Paz, you catch Trophy Pargo, Giant Yellowtail, and Sierra. Find more at VivaLaPaz.com. Viva La Paz! The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and pargo. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. S-A-N-D-O-S is how to spell luxury resort in downtown Cabo San Lucas. Santos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Santos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at CostaBajaResort.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Vagabundos Domoir Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Domoir also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. Gosh, I wonder where that bumper music was going. But anyway, let's get down to business. We have Jerry Hamza, who we've just been talking about, uh, author of Outdoor Chronicles and some of his experiences. We have the pleasure of introducing the international sales manager of one of the premium hooks worldwide, but is made in the United States, which is kind of a conundrum because I thought all hooks were made in Japan and China. But we have Nick Clark on the line with this who's going to join us in. And if there's anything that he doesn't know about hooks, um, then, uh, you know, you don't need to know the answer. But if we could introduce Nick, and then I'm sure that Jerry has some questions we can talk about. So first of all, Nick, welcome to Fish Talk Radio. Thank you, John. 
Thank you for having me on, and uh, nice to uh, to meet you as well, Jay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, Nick, to try and get down to the basics, you know, things have progressed over time with certainly, you know, when you think about rods themselves, uh, all the different yeah. varieties and types, fishing line, of course, is just in the last five years, it's completely changed. And hooks yeah. have, uh, they've kind of been involving also. And give us a quick rundown on Eagle Claw about the company itself. Well, we actually uh, just turned 90 years old this year. So it's a significant milestone for us. And, uh, you know, so you must, you, must, you must have started when you were about 10 to be 90 years, huh? What's that? I said you must have started there when you were 10 to, to be there. for. <laughs> no, I actually just turned 10 years with the company. Okay. So the company's 90, and I have 10 years with them. Okay. So, uh, but, yeah, we've uh, we've been manufacturing fish hooks for most of that time. Uh, when the company very, very first started, they were really just making – they were tying flies, really, and they were making the hooks for those flies. But it was a very oh. sort of a manual process. Uh, and then around – Around World War II, um, the U.S. government commissioned the company to make survival kits for soldiers over in Europe. Interesting. And uh, that is when we got into mass fish hook production. They, uh, you know, they put up the money to build uh, machinery and that type of. What you mean? So that, so that it's like mass, for mass you know stuff. aircraft that went down behind enemy lines, they give them some string and a hook and a flashlight or something. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, in a roundabout way, I think. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, uh, soldiers were equipped, and then also vehicles and airplanes and that type of stuff. But, uh, but uh, yeah, that's when we started mass producing hooks. Uh, all the machines that we uh, that we have are designed in house. There's really none other that we've seen like them around the world. There's not too many fish hook manufacturers uh, to begin with, but uh, uh, we're very unique. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, we got a lot to cover in a short period of time, but give us a quick rundown. How many, well, we can try and categorize it and keep it as simple as possible, but how many different types or SKU numbers do you manufacture and where are they manufactured? Well, the number is actually quite large, but you have to take into consideration that, uh, you know, one style of hook has up to 14 sizes and then within those sizes there could be up to four or five different finishes being you know gold nickel platinum black those type of of plating finishes so you add all those together and we have just in our current catalog i think we have oh something uh, five or six thousand SKUs. but as a company that's you know the when you consider all the hooks that we build for uh, you know, OEM projects and things like that were in the tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. Now, let's try and simplify things as much as we can. Let's just let's just uh, divide it first in half with salt water and fresh water. Uh, okay. Let's let's start with the salt water because that might be a little more simple. Uh, uh-huh. about, you know what what type of hooks for different reasons? You've got obviously bait hooks. You got mm-hmm. hooks for trolling, um, yep. and for live bait, and for dead bait, and give us a, just a kind of basic overview of the different types of hooks yep. that you'd be using. Yeah, I mean, we we produce your what your, what are called your standard J hooks that have you know really been the fish hook design for ever for that matter, um, in all different sizes. You know, for really small sizes for rigging up 
speaky rigs to catch bait to catch larger fish or you know clear up into big trolling type type hooks or tuna hooks or things like that but that's the traditional J style um, we we're also the pioneers in in really creating and taking to market the circle hook which uh, you know today is a very very popular and oftentimes mandated style of fish hook for bill fishing and uh, mm-hmm. you know in different saltwater species and so uh, I would say today, very easily, this our circle hook category is probably our best-selling saltwater fish mm-hmm. hook. Uh, well, let's style. talk. Let's talk about that for a minute. I think most people, especially people in saltwater, know a little bit about it, and I'm I'm sure that Jerry has had some exposure. Uh-huh. But I first heard about it probably about 15 years ago. It seems to me it was first used in Japan, but yeah. you know the the concept. If you have never seen one. Take a, a regular fishing hook, and when you follow the point, and then you take the point and bend it directly toward the shank. Exactly. Well, so if you go, well, wait a minute, how is that going to hook a fish? Yeah. Uh, but apparently what happens is that when the, and by the way, don't ever set the hook on a circle hook. But what happens yep. is the fish will normally, any fish will come up, it'll grab the bait. And then because there's usually other uh, predators around, he wants to grab that bait and, and run away with it before somebody else has a chance to steal it. So when he makes yeah. that turn... The actual the fishing line is going back towards the tail, and so that uh-huh. curve in the hook will catch him in the jaw, and it's great for catch and relief. And once yep. it's once it's hooked, it stays hooked because it gets right in the jaw. And there's another there's another important thing to point out on circle hooks uh, by their design being circular with the point like you say towards the shank. A fish, you know, a very aggressive fish can eat a bait, and it can actually go down the fish's gullet, down mm-hmm. his throat with that hook. Right. And it, it, the fish uh, most generally will not get duck or get hooked with a with a circle mm-hmm. hook. That 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 right. when the line tightens or when you know when uh, the right. fish when, turns, he make, when he makes a turn, that hook right. will actually go down and then actually come back up, and that's when it catches it in the corner of the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so, they, they do. So it nearly nearly eliminates gut hooks. It happens mm-hmm. every once in a while, but you know, ninety five percent of the times mm-hmm. you 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 avoid a gut hook, which kills a fish. Uh, Jerry, do you have any comments and you have any questions actually for Nick about yeah, saltwater? Yeah, I, I I actually do. Um, and it might be getting away from it a little bit. But Nick, is is uh, is the company still making rods? No, we don't manufacture rods. We did for a bunch of years, um, clear up until the, I'm going to say mid-70s, early, maybe very early 80s. And most rod production in the U.S. moved to, at that time, Korea, I think they went first, uh, a lot of manufacturers. And then from Korea, they went to China over the years. But uh, we did. We manufactured, you know, some some very famous lines, the Trailmaster, the Granger series, uh, yeah, we had actually a, a rod factory uh, north of Denver for many years, and then another one in Denver. So we were certainly in that business, but uh, you know, as that as uh, that as that sort of industry and category went went overseas, we we couldn't compete. So that's mm-hmm. that's one thing we gave up on. Fortunately, we were able to you know stick with our core business and manufacturing fish hooks in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, a, a 1950s salesman kit for, for <laughs> oh really oh really with, with with yeah with all the snell hooks when they were first coming out mm-hmm. it's a it's kind of a neat thing 
some of some of that old stuff uh will fetch a good price on ebay yeah well uh, i like uh, it too much let's just, uh let's I, yeah. Uh, Nick, let, let's just kind of try and finish up a little bit with salt water. Uh, we talked about the J hook and the circle hook, but uh-huh. um, you know, and then of course we've got bait hooks, which yep. would be you know what one two ought or or one one yep. size one two. Um, and you want to comment anything about hooks that may be particularly for salt water? Do you use different coatings or different materials? And yeah, then, we uh, most of your salt water hooks are. Some of them, uh, they used to be a lot of stainless steel, and there's still uh, stainless steel hooks are used quite widely, especially in your trolling lures and that type of thing, uh, your teaser lures for billfish and that type of thing. Um, another coating which is popular for saltwater would be tin, a tin based. We call ours a Sea Guard, and that's a tin based finish. It's it's highly corrosion resistant, uh, not not as much as obviously stainless steel and then some of your sort of your sport fishing uh newer fish hooks for saltwater i guess you could say mm-hmm. are going to a, a platinum black plating which is a, mm-hmm. a a nickel plating but it's it's got some other elements to it that make it uh, right. quite resistant to saltwater and so those are kind of your three finish for saltwater your three finishes that are that you find in saltwater would be stainless uh a sea guard a tin based plating or, or a platinum black um, Nick, I got, a, I got a question while we're talking about that. Well, it looks like, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Jerry, but we've got just about a minute. Yeah, um, you know, one of the things that we always like to see is if we end up losing a, a hook on a fish, do you guys do things like study how long it takes for the hooks to dissolve? Good question. There has been a lot of studies over the years, and, and I think that's a good uh, one of the reasons why there's sort of been a movement away from stainless steel hooks because they, they don't corrode quickly. They, they, stainless steel actually does corrode, but it takes forever. Um, and, and so that's why people prefer to use a, a, a nickel-based mm-hmm. plating or, you know, some diehards will use a bronze hook in salt water because so for that the, exact the, reason. The, the they point want is, yeah, if, if, it swall- if it swallows the hook, if you try and get it out, you're going to kill it. So you're better off just clipping it and let it, either letting yep. it pass on its own or, yep. um, you know, or, or dissolve on its own. Uh, we're going to take a, uh, another quick break again, and we're going to come back and maybe we'll talk some more about freshwater, if you don't mind. You are listening to Fish Talk Radio. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. 
Download the free Reno Violas Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. First named La Paz in 1566, the fourth largest municipality in Mexico, still has a provincial Mexican atmosphere. On the Sea of Cortez, the most biodiverse body of water in the world, La Paz has year-round world-class fishing. With a rich history of pearls, pirates, and legendary fishing, La Paz in Baja Sur makes for the perfect fishing vacation. Spring in La Paz, you catch Trophy Pargo, Giant Yellowtail, and Sierra. Find more at VivaLaPaz.com. Viva La Paz! Bass Angler Magazine simply brings you more. If you want to learn the latest technique, start winning tournaments, or just catch more bass, then Bass Angler Magazine is for you. Go to www.bassmag.com, click on the order link, and use the promo code FBR. Go to www.bassmag.com, Bass Angler Magazine, bassmag.com. It will be the best $20 you've ever spent. Big old trout is just as trout. cool as the evening shade. Well, I toss my line and I haul it up. I think I've got it made. Big old trout is giving me a dirty look. Well, I'm determined to catch that rainbow trout. But I keep pulling up and empty. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan, and we're having some fun. We've got Jerry Hamza, author of Outdoor Chronicles. And we have the pleasure of Nick Clark, who's international sales manager for Eagle Claw. And we've been talking yeah, about some fun stuff. Let's get into freshwater. And maybe let's get Jerry to ask a couple of questions to Nick. Yeah, um, with your with your freshwater um, lines, uh, are, are you guys experimenting on hook collars and how much they matter when it comes to catching? Yeah, we you know we have uh, probably a wider assortment of freshwater hooks overall as a company than we do saltwater. There's there's just a bigger variety when you get into the bass fishing, which is so popular in the United States. Uh, you know, and then the the trout spectrum and stuff like that. Uh, uh, there's just uh, a need for a wider variety of finishes. We do everything from gold to, to platinum black, like you also find in the salt water, to uh, red and the chartreuse colors and crazy colors. Um, I don't know, you know, 
if, if any one finish is better at catching a fish than the other, I think a lot of it uh, appeals to the angler more than any, anything, but uh, that's my mm-hmm. sort of philosophy. But, uh, but uh, well, certainly. Yeah, obviously, uh, Nick, the first thing you have to catch is the angler. Sure, <laughs> because they're sure. the ones that buy the hooks. But you mentioned red. Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, I, I'd assumed that the red is supposed to simulate blood, but also yep. also red is a color that tends to disappear in water. So I'm just wondering yeah. about the concept. And is a personal opinion? Do you think it really makes any difference at all? I, you know, there was a trend where red was the thing. Every every hook had to be red uh, a number of years ago. And it's kind of faded away. We don't, uh, you know, we don't see the demand for nearly as many red hooks as we used to, especially in octopus hooks and uh, kind of that salmon steelhead fishery and that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, I I really do think it's a trendy thing. You know, sure it might mim- uh, mimic blood. I'm just I'm not a huge believer myself in in uh, the hook being that visible to the fish and and the color of the hook making a, mm-hmm. an impact. So, well, that's. Uh, some people may disagree with me. I, you know, that's, yeah. that's just well, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it, you know, just like a, uh, a ball player has his lucky shoes or whatever it is, if it yeah. works, then you can't, you can't say why, but you know it works. Uh, another question for you is with the, the, the dramatic changes that we've had in the industry and technology with the rods and the line, does that affect the, you know, the, the micro braid? Is that affecting well, hooks that you're making? Yeah, and I was going to, uh, when you mentioned that earlier, I, I was going to point that out. Uh, braided line has certainly changed the fish hook industry to a certain degree, um, especially in saltwater, because, you know, these guys are fishing with braided line uh, in these huge reels, and it takes a monster to break that. And so we've had to make hooks more, you know, stronger hooks just to, just to, to deal with the strength that's mm-hmm. being created by the braided line and these big reels that they're using today. Um, a lot of, uh, I do a lot of business down in Brazil, for example, where you have the peacock bass fisheries. And mm-hmm. when they started using braided line on peacock bass, our 4X treble suddenly weren't strong enough. And a 4X treble is a pretty strong treble. Wow, heck. interesting, <laughs> interesting. So. Okay. Um, wow. And... Uh, before you take off, Jerry, is there any other questions that you had for Nick? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, just one more question, and then I'll, I'll take off. But um, are you guys doing any, you know, as I get older, my arms get shorter. Um, <laughs> are you doing anything to make hooks more user-friendly as far as tying them on? Um, you know, that's... No, there's probably not too much being, uh, you know, with respect to a different type of eye or something like that to make it easier. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know I, you, you know, I always often thought that an eye like a, uh, like threading a needle might might yeah. be uh, a little easier. Yeah, no, there's there's not too much that I can think of to make mm-hmm. that easier. Really old fish hooks, you know, the traditional way, the fish hook did not have an eye. It had like a spade on the right, end. Right, so you'd have you, to smell it. You, yeah. you tied a noose, basically. Mm-hmm. To me, that was probably much more complicated than than, mm-hmm. uh, than tying an eye. So I, I guess there is there has been an advancement, but I, I really don't see much in the mm-hmm. industry today as, you know, as to 
okay. to further help make that easier. Okay. Well, Jerry, we're going to let you go, but we really appreciate that. Uh, we check out Outdoor Chronicles. Uh, you probably put, which would just uh, Google Jerry H A M Z A or Outdoor yep. Chronicles, or you can get it on. You can go to Amazon.com or any of your favorite places where you buy books, and you'll find. I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. For Thank you, Jerry. And, Thank you, Derek. And Bye-bye. hey, Nick, uh, we did find somebody else that you've probably talked to in the past. We have Mark Lassane from Bass Angler Magazine. Well, actually, he's the publisher, director, editor, copywriter, uh, janitor, and all that. But uh, he's out. He's out. I think on the Delta fishing right now. And Mark, we have Nick Clark, who's an international sales manager for Eagle Claw, and talk about bass fishing. You may have some questions f- um, for Nick. So, uh, Nick, we appreciate that. And we know that um, you're an expert on what you do, but you can't be an expert on every type of hook. So let's see what. No, uh, I'm not. See, let's see no. if Mark can twist you up a little bit. Mark? I heard him talking about you know, uh, stronger hooks and, and braided line. Well, I, I'm out here and using a technique of, they call punching out here on the Delta. And I'm using a 65 pound braid and an eight foot rod and. And I caught two eight-pounders today, and I, you know, I was just worried about my hook bending out. So <laughs> that's funny. He was he was talking. Is that about is that. that striper, Mark? Yeah. No, 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 largemouth bass. Oh, wow, eight pounds. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm uh, fishing some junk. You know, we have all this this great big green junk. You know, we throw it in our side with a big giant weight. We throw it up in the into the stuff, and we shake it down through, and you know, look for those big giant fish up under there. I have a tournament coming up, so. I'm kind of out practicing for that, uh, you know, trying to trying to dial them in. Nice. Well, Eddie, we were talking about the strength required for the micro braid, right? Right. Well, I'm using braid. Or not it's not micro braid. It's you know it's a it's pretty thick braid. It's 65 pounds. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, most of the micro braid, I think, is uh you know it's the smaller diameters. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that changing the equipment, and I know that they're actually designing reels now that are, that are smaller because you don't need the size because of the, the size of the line, but they need to be stronger. And so apparently yeah. the same thing is happening with hooks then, Nick. Is that right? Yeah, hooks. I mean, we've, you know, people are wanting stronger hooks because, because they're using braided line and stronger reels and... Uh, they can't have those hooks bend, so you know that's that certainly has caused a change in how how we're building hooks and mm-hmm. you know strength and sharpness are very critical factors. So now let's talk about sharpness for a second, now because I I know that you know obviously you want a point that sticks and grabs and holds, and some yeah. hooks have like a kind of like a you know a, a knife or a razor edge on them to help cut in. Yep. Yep. Yeah, those are, you know, your traditional fish hook would have a, what we call a cut point. Some people call it a forged point. And it's a knife edge, basically, that's, uh, you know, sharpened down to the point. Um, especially in bass fishing, those have largely been replaced by, by needle points, which are basically a, mm-hmm. a honed a needle yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I've yeah. heard that, you know, the knife points... Although they grab very well, they can actually kind of, over, if you're fighting a fish, a big fish, say in the saltwater for long periods of time, it can actually gouge out a hole because it's cutting into it. And you could, you know, instead of just grabbing in one point, it can actually kind of wear out a hole in the, in the bone and you could lose a fish yeah. that way. 
I, I suppose that's possible. I mean, I kind of argue that uh, for saltwater, that forged sort of cut point is mm-hmm. it just it's more durable, um, holds up better than a needle point in saltwater. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, depending on how you, how you're fishing. Uh, you, I, I tend to recommend a, 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 a cut point mm-hmm. hook, and, well, and most of your trolling hooks and big tuna hooks and stuff like okay. that are still a, a knife edge point. Okay. Well, we're down to two minutes. Let me ask one question, and then I'll let Mark ask a question. What about sharpening hooks? If you're out on the water, should you carry a sharpener with you, or would yeah. you do more damage than, than good? Well, a lot of guys do, and and you would have you'd have to have a knife edge type point to sharpen it. You really can't sharpen a needle point, so okay. uh, sharpen a needle point. So, but yeah, most uh, most saltwater guys do do carry a hook on. Okay. And, and, uh, All, right. Hooks. All right, Mark, you get the last question. Hey, what about angle? You know, I know, I know. In the eagle call, you make a couple different angles of hooks, like a kale style, and then a round bend yep. treble, and a you know short shank treble. And how do you determine which one? is the best for which lure you're using well, a lot of that's just you know i know trial and error <laughs> trial and error and, and feedback from fishermen really mm-hmm. um you know it's uh i wouldn't say there's uh, we certainly go out and do a lot of fishing different people in the company product managers and things like that but uh, i would say most of our del- development and, and new items and things like that ultimately comes back comes from feedback from our pro staff and mm-hmm. and uh, professionals and anglers so mm-hmm. sure, sure right well we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up right back? now but i would like to you know 90 years ego claw's been around and i believe that you said all of your product is made in denver colorado it's all made in the usa all of our fish hooks for sure mm-hmm. are made in the united states yeah and and but you know actually from what i understand also a lot of people instead of buying hooks from china china's buying hooks from you because they want the american quality but uh, yeah that's actually you know my my job as international salesman i'm right. actually selling a lot of okay. hooks in china all right nick we got to go eagle claw you can find him anywhere and everywhere and mark uh, bassanglermag.com thank you guys you're listening to fish talk radio say ndos is how to spell luxury resort in downtown cabo san Luis. Santos Finistera Los Cabos is the only five-star all-inclusive on the beach next to the marina in Cabo San Lucas. Angler-friendly Santos Finistera Los Cabos is now an affordable world-class resort with the finest accommodations, food, and location anywhere. Enjoy your Cabo fishing adventure as you never have. Visit Sandos.com and use discount code FISHTALK. World-class golf, fishing, and diving in the clear, warm waters of the Sea of Cortez with a true five-star resort. The Grand Heritage Hotel and Resort at Costa Baja, great value and without the hustle of other parts of Baja. On the white sand beach with Espirito Santos Island minutes away. Signature restaurants, pools, and accommodations for an intimate weekend, weddings, or corporate events. On the web at CostaBajaResort.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. 
Vagabundos del Mar Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Want to add more excitement behind the wheel? Choose Shell V Power Premium Gasoline and experience a drive that comes alive. Shell V Power removes an average of 60% of performance-robbing gunk on intake valves left by low-quality premium gasolines. And it starts with your very first tank. And now you can save big on Shell fuels. Just sign up free for the Fuel Rewards Network program and receive at least $0.03 per gallon instantly on every fill-up. For full offer and details, visit FuelRewards.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Five fishing poles, one for every fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio. And we have a couple of very important high-end experts. Mark Lassane, who is editor and uh, publisher and chief executive of Bass Angler Magazine, Bass Ag- BassMag.com. And true to his profession, he's on the Delta right now. And he was telling us that he went out this morning at 10. And within, uh, sounds like probably two, three hours, he's got two eight-pounders and two four-pound largemouth. Wow. So obviously he knows what he's doing. And we have... And I have pictures. <laughs> we have pictures. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do they have dates on them? <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we also have Nick Clark, who is the international sales manager for Eagle Claw um, Premium uh, American-Made Fishing Hooks. And we are just talking uh, off during the break a little bit about that you sell hooks not just in the United States because your title is international. Could you give us a clue yeah. about that? Yeah, we uh, we export fish hooks to around 55 countries, approaching 60 countries, different countries, um, all over the world. You know, we have a strong presence throughout the Americas, South America, Central the Caribbean, uh, a very strong presence up in Canada, and, and then Europe's a big market for us. Uh, in, in Asia, we we send a lot of fish hooks over to lure manufacturers over there. Um, oh. You know, quite a few American-based lure manufacturers that are manufacturing over there oh. uh, that are using eagle claw fish hooks. And then we also uh, have made significant strides in getting into the consumer market in in China mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, there's. Uh, a world of opportunity out oh. there. And, uh, well, you know, people, I, I uh, find that very interesting, Nick, because, you know, Gamagachu and some of the Japanese cunt, uh, companies uh, that to make hooks, you know, are recognized worldwide. And China has come a long ways with their technology because, sure. you know, they can, they can do great products at a lesser price, but yet they want to import Eagle Claws. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh, I, you know, Japanese technology is is, is quite high. Um, the Japanese make some some very good quality fish hooks. Okay. 
China has improved, but they're still not. They're still not. I don't believe where you know where we are yeah. with technology and right. uh, and not necessarily in the styles, but in the plating techniques, the finish, you oh, know, and that type of thing. Okay, okay. Uh, that's where you'll find. Uh, you know, uh, you'll find American-made fish hooks. Well, it's, 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 cer- it's certainly refreshing to have an American manufacturer shipping goods to China. Uh, and obviously, yeah. uh, that means something, because I suspect that if it says made in USA over there, it means a lot as it does here. Yeah. No, it's, you know, there's there's a, a niche market of, you know, for our products in the Chinese market, and mm-hmm. a niche market in China is actually a pretty big market. Wow. So. Well, yeah, there's a lot of anglers. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Mark, did you have any uh, closing comments or questions? You know, I just wondered about the quality of the, of the steel. I was thinking that, you know, the quality of the steel that Eagle Claw uses is probably uh, far superior than they get over in China. You know, I imagine that, yep. you know, maybe it's different, that, different carbon or, or what they what they put in it that just, uh, you know, makes it better. Especially yeah, we, that's so a, a very good point. Uh, we source all of our steel here in the U.S. Most of it comes from the northeast part of the country. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we have tested uh, Chinese steel, and just you know, just as an alternative or a, sort of mm-hmm. a plan B if it ever needed to be, and uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work for us in mm-hmm. most cases. So, mm-hmm. so we're the, there is there is something to be said about the the, the made it made in USA, right? Right. Well, we're just about uh, wrapping it up right now. So I would like to thank Nick for yeah, he is. In route from someplace to someplace, he pulled over to the side of the road uh, to I'm talk to. I'm actually in the middle of Kansas. That's where I'm from. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, the cell phones work everywhere. And then Mark is is on the water at the uh, Sacramento River Delta, and he's already caught two uh, eight pound largemouth and four. Uh, he probably would have caught more if we didn't put him on the radio. But he wants to get back to work yeah, there. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But uh, tell you what, if I had a day like that, I'd call it done. Anyway, looks like we're going to have to go. You are listening to Fish Talk. Radio and thank you again, Nick Clark and Mark Lassane, for helping us out today. We needed a lot more time to talk about hooks, so we'll come back to it another time. 